0: I'm Richard Brown, Chairman and CEO of JMBA Financial Advisors in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are recording this discussion on July 12, 2023. I'm with three members of our investment committee, Mark Rosencrantz, an investment strategist, and John Foster and Michael Bellata, both senior advisors and investment strategists. Michael, let's start with you. In the last six to 12 months, we've seen a lot of headlines and concerns around when an eventual recession may arrive. On top of the continued recession concerns in 2023, we have had headlines around a national debt ceiling debate, fears of potential banking crisis, and there are still ongoing concerns about the Fed's interest rate hiking cycle. Yet the markets continue to rally. If you narrow it down, what are the two main themes that have driven market performance year to date?
1: Yeah, Richard, I think two of the biggest factors uh, in what we've seen with the market to date is or that have led to the performance of the market to date are the resiliency of the economy and a strong consumer. And then the second would be kind of the narrow leadership pulling the market along with it Uh, and whether that's something that's healthy or not healthy or whatever, and that can be debated. But the first with the consumer, you know, households are the least leveraged debt wise since 1991. And in addition to that, they've had a lot of excess cash sitting around from the pandemic that they would have liked to have spent, but weren't able to. And that was in the trillions of dollars. You add that to large cost of living increases with Social Security and a reprieve on student loan payments. You just kind of have a recipe for people, if they felt secure enough, to open up the pocketbooks and spend. Uh, So even though we had really inverted yield curves, uh, Powell last August even said, we plan on keeping at it until the job is done and the plan of hefty rate increases will bring some pain to households and businesses, Uh, basically telling you right there, we're willing to cause a recession to get inflation under control. It just hasn't transpired quite that way yet. And that's let, you know, consumer spending and even a housing market stabilize after showing some signs of weakness over the past couple of months. Uh, You know, we have to differentiate a little bit between the backward looking or lagging indicators, meaning what has happened and the coincident indicators, what's happening now. And most importantly, for argument's sake, the leading indicators, what are the things that signal where we could be going in the next three to six to 12 months? Uh, but at least to date, uh, that's really given investors a, a sense of security that the consumer is alive and healthy. And because we are a service based economy, uh, we can kind of plot along here with maybe subpar growth, but growth nonetheless. The second is the narrow leadership of the market so far this year. And, you know, if you look at it, it's been talked about quite a bit, but the Seven mega cap technology names, you know, names that you would you would all recognize as of mid-June represented 28 percent of the market cap of all 500 S&P companies and 17 percent of the earnings. So they did contribute a healthy clip, but for argument's sake, not almost a third. And, you know, through the end of June, if you look, these seven companies were up 63 percent. The S&P 500 was up 16, so still a very healthy uh, number there. But if you take out those seven companies and just look more at the broad market, you'd have 5% return. So, you know, I guess if you're a passive index investor in the S&P 500, it doesn't matter. You just care that it's going up. You don't really, you know, concern yourself with why or, or what's causing it. But I do think there is some... Uh, I guess, attention that needs to be paid to whether the rally's broadening out or not, or how far these companies can continue to carry the market essentially by themselves. The last time we saw leadership like this was around 2000. And those companies were Microsoft was one of them, but GE, Intel, Exxon, and after that, uh, not so good. And so from that perspective, uh, you know, Is that going to happen again? I don't think so to that degree, but it certainly does bear watching if those companies or that sector starts to show some weakness, uh, does the whole market go down with it? So I think those are the two biggest things and there's numerous, uh, but for the year so far would be, you know, the resiliency of the economy and then the, uh, the narrow leadership still supporting the market kind of by itself.
2: Yeah, I really think, too, Richard, you know, Mike mentioned kind of this narrow technology led leadership in the market. And it's really been a year where what did the worst last year has done the best this year. And what really held up well last year, which was dividend paying and value stocks, you know, while the market was off about 20 percent last year, you know, kind of dividend paying value was down about five percent. Well, those stocks are only up about five percent this year. Well, technology last year you know you look at the nasdaq it was down by about a third and that's also rallied by about 30 percent this year so whatever did the best last year has kind of been the worst this year and whatever did the worst last year has been the best so far this year so it's really kind of been uh, the polar opposite of 2022 the first half here of 2023 so really really
0: hard to predict so john Within the surprisingly resilient environment Mike highlighted, what are some of the opportunities the investment committee is seeing in the markets and how has that changed recently?
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, within the markets, there's a couple things that we're finding, you know, attractive. Uh, First off, for the first time in a long time, uh, you're not forced to own stocks if you want to get return. Uh, You know, we have a bond market right now where over the last 18 months, the Fed Funds rate has gone from a quarter percent to five and a quarter percent. So all of a sudden you can buy money market funds that yield close to five percent, treasuries that yield four to five percent, depending on the maturity, a 30-year mortgage is seven percent. Uh, so you can buy, you know, mortgages, corporate bonds. So forever, you know, there was no alternative to stocks. Stocks actually had chance for capital appreciation and paid more income than bonds. Well, now all of a sudden that's changed where the S&P 500 yields less than 2% and there's a bevy of opportunities in bonds that yield in the five, six, 7% range. Uh, so fixed income is way more attractive than it used to be. And this should really help you know more conservative investors get higher returns uh, the next 10 years, even if equities don't do as well because they're getting so much more yield on fixed income than they used to. The other is probably some of these areas that have been left behind. You know, Mike talked a little bit about how the the leadership's been very narrow and very concentrated in technology. Uh, Well, small cap has been largely left behind. A lot of dividend-paying quality companies have been left behind uh, the first half of the year in this rally. And we started to see it in June and it's carried a little bit over into July here. We're seeing a broadening out of that rally. We're seeing small caps start to behave a little better. We're seeing value uh, companies do better. Uh, So it wouldn't surprise us to see this rally broaden out and include, you know, more than just technology, uh, you know, kind of mega cap growth companies, uh, but, you know, pull small along with it and and a bit better performance out of value here the second half of the year.
1: Yeah, you know what's strange, John, is those mega cap technology names, it's almost as if post-COVID, investors started to look at those as the safe havens or, you know, the companies that can grow no matter what. So, because they did it through the pandemic, you know, but people have to look at what was their business model and what were they providing during the pandemic that let them grow to that degree. And now, I guess here in 2023, what gets picked up is now the the phenomenon of AI and artificial intelligence and those companies being involved to that degree, but they really almost have become more the defensive names uh, for people to, uh, at least in their mind, go to when times are a little bit uncertain, and that typically, you know, hasn't been the case historically to this degree. So it's it's a bit interesting to see.
2: Yeah, and I, I think too the balance sheets, Mike. You know, you think about most of these technology companies, they carry little to no debt. Whereas a lot of more old school industrial companies or consumer staples, well, they've used both debt and equity financing. So technology companies are largely uh, unimpacted by these higher interest rates because they just don't have debt. They have to worry about refinancing. So, you know, I think people flock to them because, one, they, they've been able to grow even in slower uh, economic environments. But then, two, you don't have to worry about refinancing if you don't have any debt.
0: So true. Very good information, guys. So, Mark, I can't believe we're already in the beginning of the second half of 2023. What is our investment committee monitoring?
3: Yeah, you know, I I think everyone here has done a good job of you know highlighting all the things that have changed over the last six to 12 months. Uh, You know, it never feels safe to say, but it feels like we're in a bit more of a normalized environment. You know, a lot of headlines have come and gone, whether it's a banking crisis, whether it's a debt ceiling, you know, 100 basis point rate increases it feels a little bit more of a day to day and in that environment we're allowed to focus on a lot of the things the fed has stated they're watching you know things like unemployment things like inflation we got a, another good cpi print this morning things like corporate earnings consumer activity you know these are the things that as mike pointed out have really driven the the first half of the year in terms of holding in there and in a more normalized environment it can kind of start to come down to how markets perform can be driven by how businesses and individuals are spending and investing their dollars so it feels a little bit more business as usual than, than maybe the last six months, 12 months, even a year or two. Uh, we know how quickly that can change so We're always being vigilant, but that's right now what we got top of mind.
1: Yeah, we certainly had a bull market that climbed the proverbial wall of worry that first half of the year, that's for sure.
0: And based on those comments, how are we currently positioning portfolios?
3: Yeah, so, so overall, you know, as long as economic continues to hang in there, we're willing to give equities the benefit of the doubt. At the same point, as John pointed out, equities aren't the only show in town anymore, and there is some compelling yields on on the fixed income environment. So adding it all together, right now at JMBA, our portfolios are slightly overweight equities and slightly underweight fixed income. And within our equities overweight, uh, we have a slight bias towards value and quality. Uh, We think that sets the stage where we continue to be rewarded as long as the economic activity kind of hangs in there. Uh, And there's still some upside opportunities for that value and quality segment, but it does add some... Decent downside protection if we start to see some weakness start to emerge, and furthermore, if you know things start to deteriorate even further, we'd look to be opportunistic and lean on the the better yields we see in the fixed income environment. You know, overall, it's it's been a very strong year, and you know we're looking to be opportunistic, and continue to to keep an eye on things and how they're progressing, but we want to recognize that we are still below even twenty twenty one highs that we reached, and there is still some, some opportunities uh, depending on which asset class you're taking a look at. To
1: that last point, a little bit, I think we would be remiss if we didn't at least talk a little bit uh, about or mention a couple of the concerns. You know the the market is is calm until it isn't. And you know, at that point, the more complacent investors have become, the more overbought the market becomes, you know, and one could argue it is right now, at least in many areas. And with volatility at extremely low levels, all it takes is, you know, something sort of dropped into the middle of all this that wasn't expected. And all of those things get thrown to the side and the market will react accordingly. So, you know, a lot of the Fed rate hikes still aren't fully felt yet. Uh, The Fed will probably raise rates another quarter percent at their next meeting, although that's not a foregone conclusion with today's inflation print. Uh, but, I think we just have to again very to Mark's point and what John mentioned you know, monitor very closely the trend in the data that's starting to happen and not as much you know what has happened, yeah,
3: I think that's well put John and Mike it just I think the last two or three years have taught us how quickly things can change and something that you wouldn't even be on the on the top of mind becomes the only thing that matters on any given month or year.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I think, too, you know, it'll all come down to 2024 and where where earnings are able to come in. I think, you know, this year, everybody was expecting earnings to be flat to negative. Uh, Earnings have been flat to negative, but the market expected that, perhaps got too pessimistic on how low they might go. And we've had a, a good first half of the year based on, you know, things holding in there. Not necessarily great, but relative to expectations, things look all right. Well, people are expecting earnings growth in 2024 and so it's really going to come down to is there an economy that can give us earnings growth or is that going to be you know too far for for an economy that still is dealing with kind of rate hike adjustments and uh, a Fed that's trying to kind of slow what was an overheating inflation situation And so you know I think that's the big question really to keep an eye on here as we work through the second half of the year is. Uh, are we gonna have to bring down earnings estimates for next year? Or are we able to have an economy that's gonna allow earnings to, to get back to growth? Yes, great
0: conversation. And, and what we have all learned is the markets do not like uncertainty. So we'll have to watch and be careful and be diligent. So I'd like to thank you, Mike, Mark and John for this great discussion today. And thank you very much for joining us today. We hope you will visit jmba.com and tune into our other videos and podcasts where we cover both investment and financial life planning topics. Thank you for your continued trust in JMBA, not only as your financial advisor, but also as your advocate. Please reach out if you need anything at all. You can find our contact information at jmba.com. Important disclosure information. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Therefore, it should not be assumed that future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or undertaken by JMBA financial advisors or any non-investment related services, will be profitable, equal any historical performance levels, be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation, or prove successful. A copy of our current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request. The scope of the services to be provided depends upon the needs of the client and the terms of the engagement. Please see important disclosure information at www.jmba.com disclosure.